You're listening to Zeidler Group's Legal Zeitgeist podcast, the funds law podcast series that helps asset management firms reevaluate and revolutionize their current approach to investment funds law with the latest technology, legal and regulatory compliance insights, and best practices. Hi, I'm Martin Jones, and I'm a director at Cyber Group. I'm joined today by my colleague, Gemma Capello, who joined Cyber at the end of March this year as a senior associate. Gemma has a number of years' experience working on all aspects of USITs and Pripskids, and on today's podcast, I will aim to tap into that knowledge and bring us all up to date on what's been happening across Europe in relation to changes being proposed to the Prips Regulatory Technical Standards, or the RTS, as we like to call them in the industry. Welcome, Gemma. Thank you, Martin. Thank you for the very lovely introduction. So I'd like to start off perhaps with the announcement last month that the PREPS KID RTS has been published by the European Commission. And the implementation date, I understand, has been pushed back to the 1st of July 2022. And I understand that there has been some recent developments as well around the usage exemption. So perhaps you could enlighten us a little bit about those aspects. Yes, of course. So if I kick off firstly with the new RTS that you mentioned, um, you're absolutely right. In early September, the European Commission adopted and published a new version of the PRIPS RTS, which is either we've now coined as the version 2 RTS. I guess some would say it's been quite the journey already to even get to this point. This RTS actually comes nearly two years after the European Supervisory Authorities, or ESAs, launched a public consultation on changes to PRIPS kids. Now, whilst the version 2 RTS has sought to address some issues raised from its predecessor and bring some clarity to the, I guess, now expected uncertainty of the PRIPS regime, there are, as always, elements which are still somewhat open to interpretation. So in these instances, as always, surrounding guidance and technical advice proves useful. I believe that actually just yesterday, the 21st of October, the East has actually opened a call for evidence regarding the PRIPS regulation itself, and I believe that's open until the middle of December. So the input provided from this will then feed into the East's technical advice to the European Commission on a review of the KID for PRIPS. The information requested includes things like the practical application of the existing kids, the scope of the regulation itself, and the degree of complexity and readability of the kids. Now, I understand I've digressed, so actually back to the PRIPS RTS that you asked about. In terms of the actual process itself now, the European Parliament and Council will review the new RTS, and if there are no objections, it will be published in the official journal of the European Union and enter into force 20 days later. This delayed implementation date was, if only for a short while, originally in line with the extension of the transitional arrangements for USITS, which actually brought some continuity in implementations. But of course, it doesn't seem to have stayed that way for too long. Because of the delay uh, to the adoption of the new PRIPS RTS, this actually cut the implementation period from what should have been around a year to nine months. As you might imagine, there was, of course, some pushback from the industry. Off the back of this, in mid-October, the European Parliament actually published two draft reports, which, if adopted, will actually extend the exemption of PRIPS visits until 31st of December 2022. My goodness, so plenty going on then in the industry. So (laughs) in practical terms, what does that actually mean to manufacturers? I guess this means really that for any manufacturers that are currently producing PRIPS, 
they're all going to be working towards producing kids compliant with the version 2 RTS as of the 1st of July 2022. And for those with UCITS, they're going to have an additional six months to comply. Okay, so we've got a new RTS coming into force by the sounds of it. What are the key changes in this new RTS as opposed to the, uh, the current one? So there are a fair few changes to navigate and for people to try and get their heads around. Uh, to mention some of the, I guess call them highlights as it were, there is a new calculation methodology for some of the performance scenarios in the Pripskid, namely unfavourable, favourable and the moderate scenarios. For these, we're now required to use a longer time series of historical data with the minimum actually being 10 years. Um, the presentation of these scenarios will also be different. A couple of other items to mention is the methodology which will underpin the calculation of transaction costs. That's been modified in the version 2 RTS. And also for category 2 PRIPs, um, there's a new uh, Annex 8 of the version 2 RTS, which introduces the requirement for past performance information to be disclosed. This will actually be signposted from the other relevant information section of the kids and will be separate to the three-page kids document itself. Another couple of points would be the revised summary cost indicators and changes to the content and presentation of information on the cost of PRIPs, and of course, modified rules for PRIPs that offer a range of options for investment. Okay, so they've obviously gone at least some way to try and to address some of the criticisms that were in the current RTS. Yes, yeah, exactly. Um, well, I suspect, that, and I do hear that there still are criticisms around the, the current uh, changes. And one of those critics, I guess, is the FCA. So as a result, yeah. of, as a result of Brexit, then the UK's FCA is not obliged to adopt the PREPS RTS. And I understand it's already come out and confirmed it's not going to do so either, at least for the short to medium term. So can you please tell us a little bit about that and the impact it will have on document production? Yes, of course. When you factor Brexit into the equation, there are, of course, some more difficult overlays to navigate. I guess it's easier to start if we break it down and distinguish between non-USITs and USITs in the first instance. Yep, that sounds sensible. So maybe let's start with the non-USITs then. Okay. In July of this year, 2021, the FCA published a consultation paper, which actually set out some proposed amendments to the UK's onshore PRIPS regime. This consultation period was supposed to close on the 30th of September, and the intention being that any rule changes would actually be made by the end of 2021 and would come into effect extraordinarily quickly by January 1st, 2022. The different effective dates between the UK and the EU RTS is actually just one of the indications of divergence between the two regimes. The FCA's proposed amendments, I guess, show divergence from the EU actually in a number of other areas, some of which include the scope of the regime itself. And more specifically, for example, um, a UK PRIP could use narrative explanations in performance scenarios. I guess practically this will prove or could prove troublesome for some PRIPs manufacturers, given that the FCA's intention is that the regime will actually also apply to EU and EEA manufacturers and distributors that currently manufacture and market PRIPs into the UK and wish to actually continue operating in the UK. Okay, so by the sounds of it, manufacturers will have to produce two versions of a PRIP. Is, is that the case? As it currently stands, yes, it seems like they will. 
manufacturers will have to produce, I guess, a UK compliant kit for UK investors and a EU compliant kit for EU investors. Oh my goodness, that uh, that sounds like a lot of admin and, <laughs> and very expensive. Let's maybe move on to USIT. So is it the same for USIT? Yes, of course. So I guess it is the same or it is similar. It's similarly as confusing, quite admin and production heavy and potentially very costly for manufacturers. So for USIT on October 15th of 2021, the UK government published the package retail and insurance-based investment products USITS Exemption Amendment Regulations 2021. Now, this statutory instrument confirms that the extension of the legal exemption from the PRIPS regulation for USITS has been extended to the 31st of December 2026. Now, whilst this does actually afford the UK Treasury some time to review the current retail disclosure rules and regulatory regime, practically speaking, again, it would appear that the landscape ahead could prove somewhat messy, I guess, from the 1st of January 2023, European domiciled funds will be producing a PRIP where applicable for Europe and a USIT to be able to sell into the UK. And this situation would be a vice versa situation for UK domiciled funds selling into Europe. Well, that, uh, that does indeed sound rather messy <laughs> and, a, and a real headache for uh, fund houses to get themselves organised and, and in what's a relatively short time as well. So what key challenges do you see ahead for fund houses to meet these obligations, these many obligations? I guess to be somewhat blunt and out with the constantly seemingly changing landscape, as it were, when it comes to PRIP, the first thing was obviously the capacity to allocate resources to this sort of project, whether that is internal or outsourcing to a third party. The next key challenge I would say for all manufacturers is actually collecting the required data because I don't think that that's going to be a small undertaking in in any circumstance and particularly given the longer time series of historical data that's required. As an example, manufacturers might need to now identify proxies for the required extended periods, identifying any license requirements and potentially associated costs which might need to be factored into a budget if benchmarks are chosen and then after all of that data is collected there's obviously then the complex task of the calculations themselves a couple of other challenges you might have are things like the kid template itself and drafting the kids content as that will need to be looked at um, and obviously, after all of this, they all need to undergo reviews and compliance checks, as well as consideration of distribution requirements and arrangements, and also formatting the outputs in a way that distributors can actually accept and receive them. On top of this, and in addition to the challenges brought about by production of PRIPs themselves, you'll also have to remember that this is running alongside some other very large projects in the industry. And just to name a couple, we've got the annual refresh of USITS kids and also the update of USITS prospectuses in light of SSDR. Yeah, so plenty of challenges there and no time to stand still, I guess. Here at Silo, we've always prided ourselves as being a one-stop shop for all things USITS kids. And and by that, I mean, we can draft the legal content, uh, produce the documents, calculate and monitor the numbers, file the documents with regulators and disseminate them to wherever they need to go. So can you please just walk us through quickly how Sidler's PREP service is going to look? Will it be similar? Well, actually, the PREP's kids service that Zydler will be providing will actually be very much the same as the ESITS service. 
Similarly, we can draft the legal content, such as the what is this product section. And we'll also, in the case of usage to PRIPs, be able to adapt language from existing usage and other fund documentation. Our service to support the current EU PRIPs RTS is actually being built out as we speak and is expected to be ready imminently. And we've also built in the infrastructure and adaptability to be able to I guess, quite switch, as it were, to a version which is compliant with the version 2 RTS that was just published by the European Commission. And of course, if and when the day finally comes for the USIPS transition, we will also be able to fully support clients with this. One other thing, I guess, to mention, because I guess the costs and calculations for PRIPS seem somewhat more complex than those for USIPS. It's obviously been very widely discussed in the industry, I guess, particularly when it comes to the calculation of transaction costs. In the bid to be able to support clients from end to end, we've actually now been able to create and build out a calculations engine service to further support clients in this area. Okay, well, I'm going to wrap up there, Gemma. So I want to thank you very much uh, for your time today. It's been very insightful for me and I hope for the listeners too. Thank you. Thank you, Martin. It's been a pleasure and thanks for having me. You reached the end of another episode of the Legal Zeitgeist podcast. Connect with us at zeidler.group to subscribe. Thank you for listening. The Legal Zeitgeist podcast is provided for information purposes only and does not constitute legal advice. Professional legal advice should be obtained before taking or refraining from any action as a result of the contents of this podcast. All rights reserved.